I can see that. And we are right in the middle of the 40 days of fasting. Today actually is the 21st day, and we have heard so many anointed sermons here, preached over this pulpit, and stirring our hearts to the team, a heart to know God. Now, this team actually is a very fun, you know, foundational truth that every believer of the Lord Jesus Christ must embrace it as it is God's desire for us to know Him. It's not just that you want to know Him, but God's desire that you know Him and be made known to you too. So when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, now what happened? What did Jesus say that you will receive? Romans chapter 6, verse 23, that says that for the wages of sin is death and the free gift of God is eternal life. That's it. Jesus says that you have eternal life. And, and when you receive Jesus Christ, and He says this is eternal life, but what is eternal life then? What is eternal life? Jesus asked this question to the disciples, and He answered this and says, in John chapter 17, verse 3, He says, eternal life means this. To know you and experience you as the only true God, and to know and experience Jesus as a son whom you have sent. Shall we read it together? What is eternal life? Eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God, and to know and experience Jesus Christ as a son whom you have sent. So eternal life is more than just being assured a place in heaven. It is not about changing your religion or adding on a Christian name to Sami or Mutu or Akau Abeng, you know. But eternal life here means to know Him and experience a new life. That is what you call, that, that Jesus has called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. And truly, that we, Jesus wants us to enjoy the new meaning life, meaningful life in our daily life not only when we aspire from this earth that we enjoy eternal life, but it says right here, right now, the day when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, this is your privilege of knowing God. Therefore, Jesus desires to make known God the Father to us. I believe that even as we say, we want a heart to know God, and here, Jesus says, I want to make known the Father God to you. And when we meet, when you respond to God in that way, God is already ready to come to you and say, hey, this is what I want to make known to you. And what is it all about? And in John chapter 17, verse 26, it says, I have made you known to them. Yeah, we know the Father, God, that Jesus has represented. He says, I will continue to make you known in order that in order that you have for me and may be in them and that I myself may be in them. So that is such a great relationship between that God wants us to know Him that we will have this uh, relationship of really it is not a religion but a, 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 a relationship with God that God wants us to experience that. So Jesus revealed that this is the essential of eternal life, that is to know God. And this speaks of 
the experiential knowledge, not so much of intellectual knowledge or information. Salvation is so much more than escaping hell. Salvation is indeed a privilege and an invitation to participate in this deep fellowship with God. And therefore, it's a reality of relationship with God that we say knowing Christ is not a religion. Knowing Christ is a relationship to know the love of God. And that is the very essence of salvation. This is why, you know, be, behind the word of creation, the whole plan of God's redemption, that this is to know Him and to experience His love from now until the end of the day. So we must get this truth right. You know, I know that some of us are new believers. Some of us have been the Lord, uh, been a, a believer for many, many moons, yeah? But this, must, this truth must be in you, that you know it very well, that this eternal life that you receive is not just a passport or not just escaping hell, but it is a relationship that starts from here to know God. So, so yes, we must get this right, and as you leave this place, I want this year that you take home this place, that you will know what it means to have eternal life, and that is to know God and experience Him. So God is calling us to experience Him. This, you know, this, uh, it is not just uh, calling us just like that in the Word, but He is wooing us. There's a burning heart of God. There's such a love of God trying to say, hey, I'm waiting for you to experience me and, and that's so that you can express it you know, to others, so that you can live a wonderful life in the life of God. And I believe as you start that interest to know Him, we will see the transformation of our lives through experiencing in His love. Now today, I want to share with you this title or message, to know God and to experience His love. To know God, it does not stop there, but God wants you to know Him and also to experience His love. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you will unveil more understanding of your truth. Thank you, Lord, for the burning heart that you say is that you want to make us to know you. Thank you for the way that you have loved us. We thank you for this privilege to participate in your love. Therefore, Lord, anoint my lips even as I release this Rema word. Lord, send it forth to minister to every heart. In Jesus' name we pray. You know, in John chapter 15, 9 to 10, we are going to see how that we can discover that this love of God and how that, that, we are, that God is going to show us the whole you know, uh, family of love in the God circle that we can see that the knowing God and that this is our privilege of the truth that we are going to see and also experiencing what God is experiencing among them that we can also experience the same. Now, Let's read together John chapter 15, verse 9 to 10. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my com Father's commandment and abide in His love. In this passage of these two verses that we just read, we are, Jesus revealed to us two awesome truths here. 
And all this truth that will set us free and will know that who God is and the love of God uh, that is for us, He also gave us one application, and that's one command here. The first truth He says here is, as the Father loved me. And the second truth, so have I loved you. And this one command to us apply that is now remain in my love, and if you love me, obey my command. Now from this truth, Jesus is revealing to us the dynamic relationship between the Father and the Son. If He loves the Son, and the Son loves the Holy Spirit, and in the context of this God's family. Now, each person in the Trinity, as we know, the Trinity, there's three persons in this one Godhead, enjoys and fully engages in the relationship with one another. So, Jesus enjoys God. He is enthusiastic and fascinated in His love for the Father's love. So, we will see the measure of God's love through the Father's affirmation, affection, and acceptance shown to Jesus. And this is the core truth that transforms us to experience the same intensity of God's love through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's look at the first truth, as the Father loves me. The focus of the Father's love here starts with His love for His Son. Now, Jesus knew the love of His Father never changes. God loves, you know, in the trinity of the union of love, showed us the perfect intensity of how God loves Jesus. And Jesus' ministry, when He first started, you know, Father God affirmed His love and pleasure in His Son on two accounts that we know. Number one, you know, God declared publicly His love for the Son when Jesus was in the water and He rose up from the, uh, after being water baptized in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, what He says, Then suddenly, the voice of the Father shouted from the sky. It is not just a declaration, but shouted. It was a thunderous voice, making sure that everyone that is around Jesus can hear this affirmation to the Son, saying, this is the Son whom, and my greatest delight, is in Him. Wow, what affirmation, affirmation that the Father has given to the Son. And the second time, it was at the Mount of Transfiguration. And in Matthew chapter 17, verse 5, while Peter was still speaking, he says, a radiant light spread over them, enveloping them all. And God's voice suddenly spoke from the cloud. Father God, you know, when He spoke, there were, there were five people there. James, Peter, and John, and also Elijah and Moses. And they heard the affirmation that's given to Jesus saying, this is my dearly loved son. The constant focus of my delight. Listen to him. Now we may have thought that God the Father of the Old Testament, when we read Old Testament, we find that hey, God is always angry with us, you know, because of the sins of the people. And He is very judgmental and ready to punish us. And here comes Jesus trying to cool down the situation and say, hey, Father, you know, cool down a bit, you know, don't be so angry. I volunteer myself to come and sacrifice. 
and to cover that I can cover the sins of the multitude. But actually, it's not what we think. You know, in, in the John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world, right? And what He did, He gave His Son. So it is God that initiates His love for us, that He gave Jesus to us to take our place of punishment. It's a Father God who showed His love by sending Jesus. Now, this is also affirmed by the Lord Jesus Christ in John chapter 5, verse 30. It says, Jesus says, He came to do His Father's will and not His will. It is the Father's will that, that, that sent Jesus, He's saying that. And therefore, you can see that the, the, the love of God for us is initiated by Him Himself. The way God affirmed Jesus gave us this understanding of that relationship that that is a highest affirmation possible. You and I may have a different experience with our earthly father who is imperfect. Now, some of us may, you know, have heard uh, by your father or have never loved, been, never felt loved by your uh, father or been affirmed by your father. No matter what you've done, some try to, to do more, try to achieve, to please the father. And uh, what happened? But yet, you were never affirmed by the early father. That is a disconnect somewhere that you're feeling. You know, for all the fathers here, I'm a father myself, and we have to learn this. You know, we, at any point of time that we can encourage and affirm our children, let us do that. Let us do that, that what the father God has done. You know, a little bit of things that uh, he has done, we say, I'm proud of you, son. You know, I'm so glad that, uh, that you're doing this for me, son. I'm so, so proud of you doing this for the family. Just say something that can affirm and encourage and it makes a whole world of difference for that particular child. So it's not about our pride, our ego as a father, and you're a son, you listen to me. It's, 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 all, it's all about affirming one another. We affirm our son. Our son also affirms us. Yeah, he'll learn to affirm us. So let's start doing that. But we want to thank God that we have a good and heavenly Father. He wants to affirm us that even if you have this disparity in your life, but God is saying here, I want to affirm you. Just as I affirm my son, you are my son too, that I want to affirm you with the same intensity that, that God has affirmed Jesus. Now, I know there are many broken uh, relations happening even in our midst, but God is assuring you this that that is an access for you and I to come near to Him, that He is always ready to pour out His love to affirm us. You know, I came from, I myself came from a broken home and raised up without knowing, who my, without knowing my father, actually. Because of that tainted background, I find difficulty to call God my father, even to pray the Lord's Prayer of Heavenly Father to start off. I find difficulty. Until one day, I cried out to the Lord and told God how I felt the negative word, this word called Father. I remember in my room, you know, that night I spoke to Him. Then I said, God, I have this issue, Lord. I cannot call you. I, for me to call you Father. And then God began to, we began to have a conversation. 
And God spoke to me in this internal, audible voice. And I knew it was God. And encouraged me to read Romans chapter 8, verse 14 to 15. That says that you are my son. You did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. But you have received the spirit of sonship. And by him, you can call out to me, Abba, Father. Wow. I remember that night. You know, his presence just fills me and affirmed me. He ministered to me, affirming me that, uh, that how much he loved me, how much that, I, that he is my father, that, that I'm his son. And I felt so loved by him. And I began, you know, to just worship him. I began to just sing to him. You know, there's one old song that maybe uh, those who are in, in the Lord for some time will, will know this song. And Abba Father, let me be yours and yours alone. Wow, that night when I sang that song, that was the, you know, the changes that happened in my life. And the encounter with God gave me the new trajectory of my love for God. From that day onwards, I was set free. I was healed in my incompleteness. And I, I could call God my Father with such confidence and ease. I learned from this experience that God loves us more than we ever know. And He desires to love us and make Himself known to us. If you respond to us, just as I responded to Him, I just tell Him, if you respond to Him, some of us here that you may, you know, you need that. You need to just get into the time in the closet to just talk to the Lord. What is it about in your relationship with the Father that you are fearful of? And let Him come and love you and pour out His love to affirm you. The second truth here is, as the Father loved me, so have I loved you. Now, this is the glorious truth of Jesus' affection to his people with the same intensity of the Father's love to Jesus. And it is the same enthusiasm, same joy, same commitment as he had, God the Father has towards Jesus. Right now, he says it's a standard to us. God loves us wholeheartedly. Can we say this together? God loves us wholeheartedly. Yeah? Say that, that you can, you know, internalize it and know it that yeah, God loves me wholeheartedly. Now, this truth gives us the right to view ourselves as God's treasure. Every one of us is special in His sight. And God wants us to participate in this reality, to know and experience that intensity of His love in this age and to the age to come. So Jesus loves us so much that He desires to be with us always. In John chapter 17, verse 24, He says, Father, I want those that you have given me to be with me, where I am, and to see my glory, the glory that you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Can you hear that habit of Jesus always want to love us, to be near us, desiring to be with us, he wants us to be near Him too as His partners to, the, to be the light and the salt in filling this earth with the Father's glory. 
you know, talking about the love of God, I have the privilege of uh, meeting up with this young lecturer whose love for God is par excellence. You know, you can sense the authenticity of his love for, the, for God that, uh, you know, when he taught us in the class God's Word, there was such a powerful presence of God that just, just you know, released from his life that in the class, all of us, even the rest of the facilitators there, we were on our knees, some prostrated and before the Lord. There was such a presence of God from this man when he speaks. And, you know, this man called Rob, Rob's life was miserable before he knew God. He was deeply, deeply addicted to pornography. He felt ashamed, you know, each time he came to church, he felt so condemned, putting on the mask, you know, of his, uh, to cover his shame. He wanted to come clean, but he just couldn't, couldn't have the strength to overcome the temptation that is unsleep, enslaving him. Sleepless night that he could not sleep, even having insomnia, and still having the urge always to go to, to view the pornographies. He yielded to God by the continuous encouragement of his mother and sisters, and he, you know, just because he was desperate to get out from this, this uh, 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 slavery of pornography, that he just wanted to get out of it, and he went with the mom for prayer. And every day he was sought the Lord. He read the word of God. He worshiped God, attend prayer altars until he had an encounter with God that gave him a breakthrough. He never looked back after that. He finds the Bible, you know, not boring anymore. He finds the strength to say no to the craving of pornography. All because he experienced God's love. In the pursuit for God, he discovered one truth. He told me, he said, I, di I discovered one truth that really impacted me. He said, that is, God desires to love him so much, so much more. He cannot imagine, he says, that he never knew that before. Rob's life is an exemplary example of how he desires to know God. And now, he desires to make God known to others. He says, Gilbert, tell you young people, Tell you young people, if God can do it for me, God can do it for you. For when you desire, all it takes is when you desire to know God, you will discover that God is all ready to love you and to set you free from, with His truth. Now, during this pandemic time, I know that many people of all ages and genders were impacted or tempted into many kinds of addiction. It could be gambling, it could be video games or pornography. Just like Rob, who found hope in Christ, there is hope for every one of us who are in this situation. You know, I just want us to, you know, to just be prepared to just come to the Lord when you want, you really want to be set free. You really say, God, I want to be set free. And, uh, and you're desperate enough wanting to be delivered from that situation and addiction. God says, I'm ready. You know, in Isaiah 55, Isaiah chapter 55 says this. Come to the water who are thirsty. Come to the waters and you who have no money, come and buy and eat. Come to the waters for those of you who are thirsty. Hear me, 
and your soul will, you know, that will live. If you are not thirsty and hungry for God, nothing can be done. But if you are serious to yield to God in your spirit, God will come. God is all ready to run to you, you know, and He will minister to your spirit man and that your spirit man will burst forth an entry point for that hunger to be awakened and that thirst to be quenched. So make this happen in these 40 days. You know, we are still 20 days of uh, a runway. Let not this uh, uh, fasting and prayer that we have every year just come and go. It's just a season of event that happens. But have the desire in your heart, wanting to experience God and say, Lord, I do not just want to know you. Yes, it's important. But I want to go into the next step of experiencing you, Lord. And this is the desire of my heart, wanting to experience that love that I will have the breakthrough to resist temptation, to endure persecution, and in the end, having the victory over every trial without drawing back. Now we have learned the two truths that God, that Jesus has revealed to us. As a father loved me, so I have loved you. And the third point Jesus gave us is just one command for us to apply. He says, now, after knowing this truth, now, what should we do? Remain in my life, in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my com Father's commandment and abide in His love. Now, this is a very serious call made by Jesus to us. It is urgent. He says, now, and important to remain to, in His love. That is God's first agenda, to establish the first commandment. That is the highest priority for us now and forevermore. This is what He says. Jesus was commenting the Lord of Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. We know that we always, uh, we just gone through the book of uh, Deuteronomy that we know that it is about the Shema prayer. So do you remember the Shema prayer from our study? Jesus wants to talk to us about it further. He said this is absolutely the first priority of God for our lives. This is the highest calling of, our, of your life. It is not all about ministry, but it's all about the love of God that, you, that this calling that we have is the first calling. It's not the full time. It's not whatever ministry, but this first calling is His commandment. And what is this about? In Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 to 38, He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And verse 38 is important at this point here. He says, This is the first and greatest commandment. This is the first and greatest commandment. So loving God first is the greatest commandment and it is the ultimate reality of God in this kingdom. It is all about, you know, coming on the earth because He first loved us. And then we respond to Him and He wants us to love Him first and that is the priority. So God says, to love Him first and not to serve Him first with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. Not to build the church first with all you know, our heart, soul, and strength, and mind. Not to preach the Word first with all our heart, soul, and mind. But He says that is very important. Yes, that is good. Yes, 
But God says, it is more important to love the Lord your God first with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. For when we love God first, then all the other activities will come well. Our serving God, our building the church, our preaching, it will all be done well, excellently and fruitfully. Why? Because it is done with loving Him first. So when we get this genius order of God's priority right, then we find that we are empowered to love others by first loving Him. That is the second commandment, right? But before we go to the second command, which we always you know, are so quick to do, but the first, let us pay attention to that as God's calling in this time, this period of time, that the nation is going a situation that we want to hear from God. We want to know the heartbeat of God. We want, there are so many areas of things that we want to manage in our own life, uh, a lot of uncertainty. God says, come, love me first. Find me first. As when you do that, you're going to hear Him speaking to you. You're going to hear God is going to, you know, to direct your path. And God is going to show you that you'll become, that you'll be confident. Yes, in this world, Jesus says that you will find troubles, you'll find uh, a lot of problems. But He says, have peace in your heart because He has already overcome it. He is in control of every situation. We panic, but God never panic because He's in control. So if you want not to panic in any situation, you want to know the heartbeat of God, come to God. Learn to, to love Him first. Learn to put Him first. And you see that God is going to show you and reveal to you more truth that you're able to live well in this life that God has given to us. Now, secondly, Jesus connected His command to abide in loving God as being deeply rooted in the spirit of obedience. There is no such thing as loving God without obeying His word. The more we obey Him, the more we grow in our understanding, the more we want to love Him, the more we experience His love. In John chapter 14, verse 15, it says, If you love me, keep my commandments. It's short, it is so easy to memorize, and it is so power-packed, it's huge here. If you love me, keep my commandments, that's what Jesus says. Do you love the Lord? The question is, He says, if you love me, keep my command. Do you love the Lord? If you love me, keep my command. So as we learn to love God first, we are empowered to love with obedience. The Holy Spirit will help us. He, you know, He is our helper. And He is ready to teach us. He's ready to guide us to the degree that we ask of Him. And, to, and when we start the conversation with the Holy Spirit, you will see that God is all ready to lead us and guide us into this truth. You know, talking about obedience to God's command, you know, I want to share with you this true testimony. Very, you know, it really impacted me when I first heard this uh, testimony about Billy, who is an evangelist. You know, he received a, a divine call of God, uh, uh, from God to go to Erbil, uh, Iraq, to evangelize after the Iraq war. Now, Billy did immediately did some homework. He mapped up, you know, the area, study the location well, and planning to team up with the local churches and how to go into the harvest field. 
But the Lord said to him, there, I'm calling you to love me there. You know, what, you know, what is this about? You know, Billy was saying, wait, did I hear this correctly? You know, is that you speaking? God, is that you speaking? I thought I'm called, I'm an evangelist, I have the office of evangelist, I'm, I want to go there to evangelize as you call me. But now you're calling me not to do anything, but just to be there to, to love God there. So God said, I'm looking for a lover. And you believe, will you love me and obey me? I will bring the harvest. It's I that will bring the harvest to you. If I can find a lover and so, you know, will you love me first? Now when, when the Billy arrived in Iran, the churches were destroyed by ISIS and Billy built a tent in Erbil and started a prayer room there and in obedience to God's direction. So God sent another man, David, to partner with Billy in the prayer room and they started, you know, to uh, the, this prayer altar ministering to the Lord day and night. And months later, the Lord brought the people to encamp around, you know, uh, them because ISIS has pushed the people, you know, especially the liberals amps or those uh, backslidden amps. They were pushed out of the cities and these people came to Erbil and then came around them. As you can see, that, uh, the photo of that, uh, 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 that area and that looks like the tent of Israel surrounding the tabernacle of Moses. And Billy and David found favor with the gods and they were given free access to go in to minister to the people. And they didn't need to go around Iraq. They just have to, you know, be at the place where God asked them to be, minister to the Lord and these people. Evangelism came to their doorstep and many were being touched. And all it takes was to obey the command of the Lord and their ministry came easy. And God says, I want a lover first, not a doer. And today, they can, Billy and you know, David can testify of this miraculous harvest because of the obedience to God's command. Initially, it was foolish. Initially, ah, what is this all about? Yeah? But now, as he saw, he saw the wisdom of God. He saw that it's so important to put God first by obeying His command and not our own way. And the prayer room right now that they are still having there, you know, is being run by the M's. They, are being, they, they, they came to know the Lord as singers. They are leading the prayer. They are musicians ministering to the Lord. All these people had an encounter with God and they were serving passionately for God at whatever cost, it says we, were, we love the Lord. And that was the impact that Billy and David has done in that area. You know, friends, it works, right? It works. Obedience to God works. No, I, I do, you know, there's maybe certain area that you are going to right now and that uh, you find difficult to, to obey what the Lord is telling you. I just, you know... Can you just spend time that what Billy did, just minister to the Lord and just have an altar with God and God will certainly come to you because you want to obey the command of God. You want to be sure. And as you do that, to be a lover of God first and not a doer and not be, a, be, be panic over situation, 
I believe when you obey the Word of God, just as it happened here, you will find your rest, you will find your answer. So God is calling us to walk out the first commandment wholeheartedly, just like this, this Billy and David, and including obeying His commandment. God knows that we cannot agree, for we are doer rather than a lover of God. You know, our life is surrounded by so many things that are important to us. Yeah, our, our family, our church, I can see the circular graph here, you know, our career, our future family, health, finance, education, there are so many things there that, uh, that are so important to you and you are managing it and, and God is just, uh, you know, when you need Him, you just pray, maybe three meals a day plus whatever you need, you know. And that is it. And you, are, you want to be in control. And you find very hard to let go. You find very hard to, to be a lover of God, to wait on Him. But you find it easy to, you know, to be a doer. Now, especially social media, you know, but we find that we don't have time to, to spend with God. Every one of us says, hey, we are so busy. Why? Because especially in this age of social media. You know, I, when I was in, uh, in the States, they gave me the statistics that in America alone, one, one hour, 100 million, you know, one day, 100 million hours is spent on social media. 100 million hours. You know, the city that I went, they have 24-7, 24 hours a day only. You cannot compete with this 100 million hours do, you know, just on, on our phone, on any social media. Now, social media, of course, it is, uh, is, is, a, is a way of life today. It's so important. But we still need to be, be disciplined to use it. If not, you know, sometimes, I myself, you know, I, I look at it sometimes at the end of, uh, of the week or so forth. They say, hey, your, your what they call uh, regular uh, use of, uh, of uh, this uh, uh, phone is certain number of hours. You say, hey, I didn't use that much, you thought. But you were shocked to find that actually you use that much. And if you can put half the hours, half the time that you spend on social media into loving God and spending time with God, wow, that will be a great difference in your life, isn't it? See, God knows these tasks are important to you, but there is a sense of heaviness for you to bear the load by yourself. It is heavy. It is so heavy to every one of us. And God wants you near Him as His partner to carry out the task that you endeavor and acquire a heart that's rooted and grounded. And you know, you can see the chart here that God wants you to be a partner with Him. That can you allow Christ, can you love God enough to trust God, to allow Him to come alongside with you to manage all this as you put time into, with Him. These times are not wasted. This time, you're not losing out. You will see that you will be refreshed. You, it says that the fiery love of God and reflection will upon you. And that love will transform your perspective that what you're living for and how your love, you know, how you love what you do. So important. If not, it's just a task before. But when you are so, so calm with the love for God, God says it is not going to be waste. It's going to be fruitful. It's going to help you to manage this life even better. Will you change that mindset of you-centric to Christ-centric? God is challenging us and says, 
do you love me enough to, you know, to trust me, to put me first? That I am, I am, that God Himself is the one that's going to help you to manage it. Can you trust Him? It, it will not be burdensome. God will promise you then that the task that you are going through because Jesus says, I will partner with you. It will be light and easy and it works because nothing is too difficult for Him. This is Matthew chapter 11 says that those who are heavy and laden come to me, you will find your rest. This is a promise of God. Yes, and if you have never experienced that, know it today. And, and you want to experience that, go in to, to the Lord at this another 20 days. Just spend some time with the Lord. Fast and pray. Don't just fast and, and, uh, and so that you can you know, look good, but fast that you can engage with God, fast that you can have an experience with God this time and make it a point that it is going to be different. It's going to be a game changer for you, for your, life, for your time, for the days to come. Now, we have heard so many testimonies that I've related to you of how God, you know, delivered Rob from his addiction and how God affirmed me as my father and how God has did a miracle for Billy when he obeyed the command of God, even though it sounded foolish to him at that time. I believe all these real-life experiences and examples, it will inspire us to seek God. I just wish, I just hope that it will inspire you, all these stories that, that I share with you, that you will want to come to the closet of God and encounter, know Him and encounter Him. It may take some time. Yes, it may take some time. You know, for Rob, he takes many, a few, many months, in fact, he told me, before he had an encounter with God. And, and after that encounter, it was never the same again. It will take some time, yes, to persevere, but he will surely come to you as Jesus promised. Yeah, just as Rob says, if God can do it for me, God can do it for you. So will you realign your faith to agree with gospel that He will make a way for you where there seems to be no way. Amen. We have seen the desire of God, of Jesus trying to stir our hearts to focus on living and loving, uh, living in His love with such intimacy with Him around these two important truths today that you can take home. That is, as a father loved me, so have I loved you. But those don't take the truth but also apply that with God's command here. Now, now, you have to take action now. Remain in my love. And if you love me, you, must, you will obey my command. So Jesus has revealed this understanding of God's love to us. And as we learn how the Father has loved the Son, and also how the Father and the Son has loved us from the beginning of creation, Till now, God's plan for mankind is always for you and I to know Him and experience His love. In closing, I believe that God is speaking to every one of us. You know, as I, as I prepare this, God is speaking into my heart to check, do I love Him first? Am I a doer or the lover of God? Would I really want to love Him first? There are so many things, so many tasks in front of me too. You know, and I spend time just to be with Him and, and want to have clarity in the task that is before me. And I say, God, 
I want to put you first. I want the Lord to hear from you. And the Lord is stirring this in my heart and saying that there are many more, many more of us here that we need to relook into our Christian life, into the life that we say is that we love God, that we are serving God faithfully. But God says, can you love me first? Can you love me first? Because when you love me, something is going to change in your life. Something good is going to happen in your family. Something good that God will make a way in your business, in the, in the company that you may be having, you know, some issues. That God says, can you come to learn of me, to know me, to know my heart? Because I want to pour out to you as much I see you struggling. But God says, will you respond? I want to help. I'm, I'm you know, I'm giving you, I'm watching over you, but you are not responding. You are not seeing what I'm about to do for you. So will you come to the Father? Will you come to Him and let Him refresh you, that you will know Him, that you will be fascinated by His love? That, oh Lord, I'm fascinated by Your love and behold the beauty, because when I behold the beauty of the Lord, I just want to love you more. Are you hungry to this invitation to know Him? Are you hungry to this invitation to say that He says, love me first? God wants you to enjoy life here. That's why He gives you an eternal life and meaningful life. Are you living out in this promise that's given to you? I believe God has been speaking over this pulpit that I watched on YouTube and also when I came back here. A call to return to God, a call to know God, a call to draw near to Him. And today, it's a call not only to know Him, but to experience His love in your life. That from today onwards, I know God and I experience His love. Not only know Him in my mind, not only knowing Him here and there, but I experience His love that I can be, I can testify and say He is a good God. He is a wonderful God for me. I love Him. I really love God with all my heart. Nothing can take that love away from me. No circumstances, no problem, no, you know, any kind of, uh, you know, uh, 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 troubles between relationship can exchange that love of God that is in me because I experience Him. Because I experience Him. Will you cry out to God with this hunger of wanting to know Him? Let us arise. Let us arise. Oh, Father, just speak to the Lord. Just speak to the Lord. Just tell your, your heart to the Lord what you want. Do you want to love Him? Just tell it to the Lord, God, I want, I want that. I want to love you more. I want to know you more, Lord. I want the Lord to hunger and thirst of God for you. Hallelujah. And also those on online, wherever you are, the presence of God is also in your room right now. And I pray that even as you hear this message, you will also want to, to draw near to God and be hungry and thirsty for Him. More of you, Lord, more of you in my life. 
Oh, Holy Spirit, just come right now in your power. Come, oh Lord, in your great love, for oh God, to fill every heart's desire here, Lord. That, oh Lord, our cry to God is more of you, God. That, Lord, that sounds, of oh God, of this. Even in our country, God, there's so many things that, that bring us so much uncertainties. Oh, so much even fear of God. But I pray, God, even as we learn of God to look up to you and cry the Lord to you and love you more and more. Oh, Lord, those sounds of God is not going to be louder than your love for us because of God. We know you will lead us through you. We know that God, you are in the very control of God. So I pray right now for the power of the Holy Spirit to refresh us, to renew us, God. And Baptize us again with your holy fire. That God that He worked, oh Lord, purify us, purify our hearts, purify our minds, purify the God of our Lord, our eyes, the God that in the name of Jesus that we can come pure and holy before you. Hallelujah. We are going to sing this song. And when I'm going to, before we sing this song, I'm going to pray. And when I pray and I say amen, I want you, anyone who wants to touch from the Lord, who wants to be ministered, I want you to just come. The altar will be open. Father, I just pray that your word has been released and spoken. I just pray that in any way, in any aspect of it, God, my brother, my sister, have caught it, God. Caught your heart. Caught your heart, God. I pray that in Jesus' name, transformation, the hunger is taking place right now. That in Jesus' name, God, do the work of God that won't let us go, Lord, until God, we, oh Lord, we come to you, Lord, and experience you, Lord. So in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray right now, let this love flow into this life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Even today, Lord, let this love of God That, you have loved, that I have experienced God. Lord, let this love of God be experienced by all that's your desire. So in the name of Jesus, Lord, continue to do the work in this life here. And I pray, I pray right now, even as we leave here, Lord, may that love of the Father, that wonderful grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the powerful fellowship of the Holy Spirit continue to guide us, lead us, transform us for the glory until we meet again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.